Isaiah chapter 40 is our text for tonight. Isaiah 40, found in your pew Bibles on page 581. We'll be reading the first five verses of Isaiah 40. Hear what Isaiah writes. Isaiah 40, beginning to read at the first verse. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord. You are so close to being done. Yes, you're so close. You're so close. Can you taste it? You have a week of classes and then a week of exams and then you're free. Then you're free. You get to go home. Home. Yes, and you will get to sleep. Oh, wonderful. Do you remember sleep? It's a beautiful thing. And the refrigerator will be full of foods that you like, that you did not have to, you know, dig for the change in your pocket to try and buy. They're just going to be there in the fridge and in the pantry. And there are going to be people there who are excited to see you. You're going to walk in some doors and people are going to go, oh, you're here! We're so glad to see you! We're so glad you're home! And you're going to have to put up with the feel of the, you know, the Aunt Mabel kind of kisses, you know, but it's all part of the deal of going home. And it's going to smell the way it's supposed to smell. And those of you who've missed your dogs are going to get to hug your dogs. And those of you who have cats can, you know, say hey to them. And... <laughs> And it's going to be so good, because it's going to be home. But you have a lot to do between now and then. So let's not lose sight. Let's focus. So right now, you've got papers to write. You've got lab reports to finish. Some of you have way too many extra credit points to pick up for your language classes. I know that's for sure. Some of you have got to spend hours down in the basement of the communications building, you know, doing lots of this. <laughs> Some of you have got to just cram it all into this week. Now, to be honest, the reason that some of you have stress levels up to your eyeballs is because, well, you've made some bad choices like that. <laughs> like the poor penguin, you have lost your bell. 
you started off the semester full of good intentions and then, you know, it, you blew off a quiz here and then you didn't read the entire chapter over here and, and you, you, you know, you kind of got behind on those little vocabulary cards and, and the midterm report came back and it was kind of like, you know, I really need to work a little harder here, but you didn't really respond because, you know, then the weather got interesting and you started to know people and, you know, like, Ice skating opened up, and who knew that? That was fun, and, and now here you are. And you're a little worried. Some of you are looking back over the semester, and maybe academically you haven't made bad choices, but maybe in other places you have. think, wow, my language has completely deteriorated over the semester. How did that happen? I can't go home and talk like this. I got, I got drunk this fall. More than once. That's not the kind of person I want to be. I'm in this relationship with this person that I really don't know that well and I really don't like, but it just keeps kind of going on and I don't know how to get out of it, but the physical stuff is really nice and that's gone a lot farther than I thought it would. How did I get here? We don't get to those places overnight. There's a lot of little steps we take along the way. We say yes and we go to one party. We say yes and we go on the second date. We say yes and we play the video games and we blow off the quiz. We take a bunch of little steps and we end up far from where we know we're supposed to be. That's where the people of Judah were. They are the ones who first heard this prophecy from Isaiah. They had drifted far, far, far from God and it, it had started out with the little things, you know. I mean, started with King Saul, he was a good guy, and King David, he was a pretty good guy, and then King Solomon, he was a good guy, except he expanded the kingdom by marrying the daughters of a lot of foreign kings. And when the daughters came in, instead of insisting to his new wives that they were going to worship the true God, he just let them worship the God that they brought in. And eventually, over time, just to keep the peace, they just let these other gods in. And of course, that kingdom split into two, Israel and Judah. And Israel fell and was taken captive, and now Judah has fallen and has been taken captive, and those are the people that Isaiah is writing to. And for the first 39 chapters of the book of Isaiah, he tells them all the ways in which they went wrong. You went after other kings, other gods. You chose against the true God. 
You did this again and again and again. And it wasn't like one day they were all kosher-keeping, Torah-abiding, worshiping in the temple Jews, and the next day they were eating bacon cheeseburgers and worshiping Baal. (laughs) It was a gradual thing. Well, let's let the foreigners put up one little temple. Well, you know, let's... It's hard for them to walk all the way to that. Like, they could put one over there. That wouldn't be, you know, convenient. It's nice to be hospitable to the foreigners. Like, give them two temples. Well, ours is really big. That, you know, maybe we should give them a little money and make theirs a little bit better. And, and while we're giving it, we should go see what they do. And, you know, these temples are kind of nice. And I don't know, do you think their crops are growing faster than our crops? Well, we should hedge our bets. And have you ever had bacon? Do you think it's that big of a deal? It happens over time. It happens so gradually. And Isaiah says, come on. He spends 39 chapters going, come on. You blew it so badly. You've messed up so distinctively. You had a God who just loved you so much and you turned your back on him and you just went after these false gods. He went after these false desires. 39 chapters. And then this. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to her. Tell her that it's all over. All her sins have been paid for. It's all all in the past. Tell her. Tell her that she's going to get to go home. Tell her she's going to get to go home to Jerusalem. She's going to go home to Jerusalem where where they have the foods that she likes and it's going to smell the way she knows and there are going to be people that are excited to welcome her back. Tell her. Go tell her. Give her comfort. Tell her that she's going to get to go home. And there are people who study Isaiah who say that Isaiah was probably part of a school of prophets. And the words here are really, you all, go comfort all the people. Y'all go comfort them all. Tell them, bring them good news. Because they have paid enough. And I am a God who loves them so much that this is what I do. If there is a mountain that stands between me and my people, I will mow it down. If there is a valley that separates us from loving each other well, I will lift it up. If there is a rough place that makes it hard for us to see each other, I will make it plain. And when I do all of these things, the glory of the Lord will be revealed because I love my people that much. Scholars point out that at different points in the book of Isaiah, when he's disciplining them and disciplining others, he says, that nation over there, those people over there. But when it comes to Isaiah 40, God says, comfort my people, says your God. Go comfort my people. Because I am a God who gives fresh starts. I am a God of second chances. I am a God who's calling you home. 
And we know that the people of Judah went home, many of them, to Jerusalem and other parts. They were released from exile. And from the people of Judah came a young woman, a girl. She became pregnant and she wasn't married. And she gave birth to a son. She named him Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Because there's nothing more that symbolizes a fresh start than a tiny little squishy baby. It's all full of newness and pink skin and hope. And that little baby grew up to become a rabbi who taught people about the love of God. A rabbi who sat down with people who had wandered far from God and told them that God loved them. A rabbi who taught people that God was a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. A rabbi who taught people how much God wanted to be with his people. A rabbi that went to the cross and died. so that the due penalty for all our sins could be paid. So that every valley is raised up and every mountain raised low and the rough places a plain. So nothing separates you from God. And a rabbi who was born in a manger all pink and squishy and became a teacher with a full beard and a fiery look in his eye and a man on a cross who forgave the people around him became the one who rose from the dead. And not just in some metaphorical, isn't that like a butterfly kind of rising from the dead, but I'm talking heart beating, flesh circulating, fingernails start growing again, eyes blinking full, incarnate resurrection from the dead. Because our God loves us so much that he took on flesh. Because he says, I want to know you. Nothing will separate me from you. Nothing in your past. Nothing you have done this semester. Nothing you will ever do can separate you from my love. Because I am a God who says, comfort my people, comfort my people, comfort my people. I am a God who pursues I am a God who calls people home. Tonight, God is calling us all back home. He knows how we wandered. He knows the choices that we've made that have led us far from him. He knows what we've done with our money. He knows what we've done with our bodies. He knows what we've done with our minds. He knows about the gossip. He knows about the rumor you started. He knows about the lies you've told. And he says, in Jesus Christ, you get a fresh start. In Jesus Christ, you get a fresh start. In Jesus Christ, you get a fresh start. Comfort. 
Comfort my people, says your God. Tell her that it's all been paid. Tell her everything's done. Tell her that she gets to come home. Comfort. Tonight, we are going to go decorate the tree with words of comfort. After I pray, I'm going to invite you to come forward. And there are three stations up here and two in the back. And you'll take a piece of paper and an ornament that looks glass, but it's not. It's plastic, so don't worry about dropping it. And an ornament holder and a pen. And on one half of this piece of paper, I invite you to write how you need God's comfort or how you have seen God's comfort. Something about you. And on this half of the paper, I invite you to write prayerfully the name of someone you know who needs comfort. Before you write the name, pray about it. The Holy Spirit may surprise you. And then that's the name that you're going to pray for, and that's the, the person you're going to be looking out for, and that's the person you're going to try and offer comfort to. So on this side, how you need comfort or how you have seen comfort from God. And on this side, someone that God's laid on your heart who needs comfort. And then you can take this and roll it up. And this little top comes off. A little bit tricky. And you roll it up and you put it in there. And when you unroll it, do we have a fixed one? Here. Then when you unroll it, it looks all like swirly and fun in there. See that? And you're going to put that all together, and then when we're all done, just wait, and we'll give you directions about uh, processing out to the tree, and we're going to sing carols. And the first people out there, just when you get there, hang your ornament. Tall people, hang up high, as high as you can hang. And, you know, people in my area, we'll, we'll go for the low parts, all right? Just hang your ornament and then kind of back out of the way so the next group can come in and hang the ornament. And we will sing carols and have the blessing out there. And then you're invited back here down in the basement if you want. There are going to be Christmas cookies to decorate, including, I've seen sprinkles, and hot chocolate. So that will be back here after we do that. So. Um, I know you're all layering up, and that's good, but you've got to write your ornament first, and that's going to take a little time. So let me pray us into the, into the ornament writing, and then I'll give you instructions about what's next after that. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much that you never let your people wander so far that you can't reach. We thank you that you are a God of comfort who says to us, this is your fresh start. This is your new chance. This is how I want to comfort you. This is how I want to bring you home. We thank you that through repentance and confession, you give us avenues toward newness of life. 
We thank you most of all for the gift of your son, Jesus, who came as a little baby all squishy and full of promise and became the savior of us all. And in his dying, we know that we are completely forgiven, that everything has been paid. And in his resurrection, we know that we have new life, a fresh start, hope. And so lead us now, Holy Spirit, as we listen to you, speak to us about how we've seen comfort, how we need comfort. Speak to us about those whom we love, to whom we can show your comfort. And we pray this all through Jesus Christ, to whom we belong. Amen. When you're ready, you can come forward and Get the things that you need to make your ornament.